So uh, I'm so excited. Right now is the time where we open up God's word and we see what he has to say. We do this because we believe that the Bible is actually God's words to us. And when we read them and when we apply them to our lives, we actually encounter a real person who's powerful and will affect our lives when we bring our lives to him. And so we, we do this every week because it's important and it's something that we do. Um, ha- has anyone ever had very, very exciting news that they got to share with someone? Um, if you're anything like me, if you have good news that you know is going to make someone else excited or happy, it's just like, like about to explode out of you. You know, it's like, like, hey, never mind. <laughs> Can't tell you yet. You know, and uh, I, I think about this time last year, uh, a little bit before my wife Kayla and I, we had just learned that we were pregnant and we were so excited, right? Like, of all the people in the world, she and I were the most excited. However, a very close second were our parents, right? <laughs> and so we, we learned that we were pregnant just before Christmas, and we were like, oh, man, we're going to tell our parents on Christmas Day that we're having a baby. Like, talk about a Christmas miracle. Like, that is so magical, you know? But, but it was like a week before Christmas. And every time I saw my dad, I was like, he's like, what? What? I'm like, nothing, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> you know, and I just had this good news that I wanted to share so badly, and then finally Christmas Day came, uh, and we were able to tell our parents the good news, there was jumping, there was crying, there was laughing, and, and it was such good news, because th- this good news, it didn't just make my parents happy, but it made them hopeful, right? Because something in the future was changing, and it was changing in a good way, right? They were graduating from just being parents to being super parents, also known as grandparents, right? Like, like they leveled up. Like, they, they made it to the next tier of being a parent, right? And, and Kayla and I, like, man, so did we. We went from not being parents to being parents. And so we, we were so excited to share this good news. We were so happy to bring this good report to our family. And the thing is that some news will affect your day, but some other good news can affect your life, right? And and there's some news that will just make you happy, like, hey, we're going to In-N-Out. Yippee, happiest place on earth, right? But there's other news that doesn't just make you happy, but it makes you hopeful because your whole life is going to be different because of it, right? The future is changing and good is on its way, right? And and CA students, I have to tell you tonight that all of Christian faith, all belief in Jesus, all, everything we do at church, everything is based on good news. It's all based on good news. It's not based on more rules that you have to follow. It's not based on more rituals that you have to practice. It's not based on more resolutions that you have to maintain. The Christian faith following Jesus is based on good news right? It's good stuff that's coming our way. And we need to know what our faith is based on. Otherwise, instead of being salvation in life, it's going to become a chore, right? And that's not something God did wrong. That's something we did wrong in understanding who God is, right? So we need to know that the basis of following Jesus is good, good news. So we're going to talk about that tonight. But before we get any further into it, would you guys pray with me and ask that God would speak to us through his word? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you are real, 
that you really came as a human to our world, that you came to bring good news to us, to every single person that's ever lived. And so, God, I pray that as we come to your word tonight, that your spirit would speak to us, that you would show us things we hadn't seen before about who you are, that we would hear your voice, and that we would know you uh, more clearly and more deeply. We believe that you'll do this as we come to your word, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited. This, uh, for a big chunk of this semester, we're going to be going through the gospel of Luke, and we're calling this series Kingdom Now. Kingdom Now. Uh, why do we do this? Because Jesus' main message when he taught and went everywhere, he was like, hey, good news, the kingdom of God's here, right? It's here. And so we're going to be talking about going through this account of Jesus' life and looking at what Jesus had to say about why he was here. And so uh, a little bit of background about Luke is the Bible has a special word for this good news, and it's the word you might have heard before called gospel, right? And in the Greek, which is what the New Testament is written on, written in, it was euangelion, right? Uh, Take that one. Tell your parents what you learned at church tonight, right? Euangelion. And literally translated, it means good news or a good announcement, right? But the way that euangelion or gospel was used at that point in history had a specific connotation. It wasn't just any old good news. It was especially good news about the royal announcement of a new ruler or a new regime coming into place, right? And so at at about 9 BC, so a a little while before Jesus was born, this this is a text that was written talking about Caesar Augustus, right? So this isn't the Bible. This is a different historical document. But this is how the word euangelion or gospel was used in the time. And you'll notice a lot of Roman propaganda, right? Since providence, which has ordered all things of our life and is very much interested in our life, has ordered things in sending Augustus, whom she filled with virtue for the benefit of men, sending him as a savior, both for us and for those after him, who would end war and order all things. And since Caesar, by his appearance, surpassed the hopes of all those who received the good tidings, not only those who were benefactors before him, but even the hope among those who will be left afterward. And the birthday of the God was for the world the beginning of the good tidings, good news, euangelion, through him, right? And so we see the way euangelion is used is it's not just good news. It's good news, a new king is in town, right? That, that's what gospel, that's what euangelion means. It's like, hey, a new king is in town, A little bit more context of Luke is God's chosen people, Israel, they were under Roman subjugation. Rome had conquered them, and so Rome was ruling over them, and it sucked for Israel. They were not, the Romans were not very good to them, right? And so the Israelites, they were longing for their own gospel. They were longing to hear the good news that their promised one, called the Messiah, would come. And that that Messiah would start a new kingdom for them to live in, right? They were waiting for their own gospel. They knew a gospel was coming. It was promised. And they were waiting, waiting, and waiting for it. But the thing is that God saw even further than the Israelites did. He saw, yeah, they were under subjugation by Rome. But even in addition to that, they were under subjugation and slavery to sin, Right? There was an even deeper problem happening. 
They were totally captive and in need of total salvation. So now enter Luke, right? Luke was a doctor at the time, and he was a historian. And he set out to write, as he says in his own words, an orderly account of the life of Jesus. And so, first of all, no historian worth their salt will argue that Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth was a real person in history, right? Jesus was a historical person. And according to the historical account of Luke, he was uh, born and raised in, well, raised in Nazareth. He, he was traveling around as a teacher, teaching uh, things about the Old Testament scriptures, teaching people about what he claimed the kingdom of God was like. He was a prophet. He was filled with power by the Holy Spirit. He worked miracles. He worked healings. He multiplied food. Not only that, that, but because of his teachings and the way he lived his life, he was ultimately under influence from the Jewish authorities. He was crucified by the Romans. But according to the historical document of Luke, that's not where the story ended. Jesus was crucified, but then he rose to life again. And this is what Luke is calling the gospel of Jesus Christ, the euangelion of Jesus Christ. So what do we know? What does this gospel mean? We know it's not just good news. It's a royal proclamation. Luke is saying there's a new king in town. Caesar is not the only king here anymore. And with a new king comes a new reign, right? If you have, I'm sure you've always thought like, man, if I was in charge, this is how I would do things, right? That would be your reign, right? That would be your way of doing things if you were in charge. Guess what? God has a reign. God has a way of doing things. It's called the kingdom of God. And so it's not just a good announcement, but it's good news, right? It's not just something that'll make us happy for a little bit. It's something to make us hopeful, to believe that the future is going to be different in a good way. You see, throughout the writings of Luke, we see that Jesus was fully man. He was totally a human, but he was a lot more. He was also God himself, stepped down from heaven to personally save and lead his people. He was also fully God. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first point is the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news that God has become king. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news that God has become king. The gospel is that Jesus Christ himself is an embodiment of a victory declaration over God. He's saying that the way things have gone on is not the way they're going to stay, right? And what it means that a new king is in town means a new kingdom is in place. It means a new way of life has taken hold. And the kingdom of God, what's, what's that one like? It's where the leaders serve. It's where the hungry are fed. It's where the outcasts are welcomed. You see, Caesar's way of doing things is not how things are always going to be done, right? Under Caesar, the strong trample the weak. Under Caesar, the rich ignore the poor. Under Caesar, taking advantage under, of the underprivileged can be done for personal gain. But Caesar's not the only king in town anymore. There's a new king in town, and his name is Jesus Christ. You see, it's not just new, it's different. 
Have you ever seen something that is like brand new and you're like, that's just the same thing, right? I feel that all the time with iPhones. It's like, it's still a phone that's a supercomputer, but now it has a different number or letter as a name. And they're like, yeah, the camera's better. It's the same thing, but more expensive, right? And, and it's the only way to keep up with the updates. That's the only, like, it's not new. It's just the same but expensive, right? Or I think of this like, you go to like Burger King or like McDonald's, it's like brand new. It's like a chicken sandwich. It's like, that's not new. Like people, people have made chicken sandwiches for a very long time. Like this is not news. Let's stop, right? Like it's some, sometimes people call things new when it's really just more of the same, right? But here's the thing. The second point is this. The kingship of Jesus is not just new in time, it's new in kind, Right? What that means is Jesus is not just the latest king. He's not just the most recent king. He's a totally different kind of king. And and, and the kingdom that he brings, it's not just the next one. It's not just the one that's next in line. It's actually a completely different way of living and organizing our lives. It's totally different than anything that's come before. It's not just more of the same. It's truly new. And so the question is, to whom is this good news, right? If, if you're saying that you have good news, who is it for? So let's, let's go to the words of Jesus himself in Luke chapter 4. It picks up the story. It's talking about Jesus. It says, he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. Do you hear that? Jesus' habit was to go to church. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He says, he's saying, Today, that king that you've been waiting for, I'm here. That, that, that way of life that you've been eagerly anticipating, I'm bringing it. That's what Jesus is saying in this moment. Who who is the good news for? In the kingdom of God, the weak are protected and taken care of. The poor are lifted up. The underprivileged are blessed. The poor, the prisoner, the blind, and the oppressed have good things coming for them, right? In the kingdom of God, the outsiders are welcomed in. The sinners are given another chance. People of different ethnicities and races are counted as full members, Women are lifted up as valuable, as important, and capable in the kingdom of God. And you see, this was all very revolutionary in the first century, right? But the question we have to ask is, is this, what, what is, how is this good news for us, right? Is this still, is the gospel of Jesus still new good news for us? And here's what I think the gospel of Jesus means to us. It means that a new way of living is available. You see, we're invited to live as though the kingdom of God is really here. Now, 
I know what you're thinking. If you're anything like me, you're like, yeah, well, the world I live in operates in a lot of racism. The world I live in operates in a lot of bipartisan hatred. The, the world I live in judges a lot of people and, and excludes them before they're even given a shot because of their ethnicity, their gender, or their background. And here's the invitation of Jesus, is to, in the midst of that, to say, yeah, but a new king is in town, and I'm following him, right? In the midst of this hatred of people lashing out, taking sides, I'm going to follow my king and say, I'm going to love my enemies. And I actually have the power to end cycles of violence by not retaliating and by seeking justice instead of revenge, right? In the kingdom of God, I have the ability where people are silenced just based off of their appearance or their background. I have the ability to speak out for them, to be a voice on their behalf. I, I, I am able to live in this kingdom of God even though it's not yet here fully, it is here truly, right? But the gospel is not just the story of God becoming king, it's also the story of God becoming savior, and the good news is that everything you've ever done wrong, hear me, everything you've ever done wrong can be forgiven and wiped away and not applied to you anymore. According to the kingdom of God, your history does not have to determine your future, right? Because God has come to forgive you. Your cycles of self-destruction can end. You can be saved from them. Your addiction to whatever it may be, to social media, to pornography, to other people's approval, these cycles can be finished because Jesus can free you and he can set you on a different cycle going deeper and deeper into his love and his acceptance. You see, the areas in your life that are dead can be resurrected. Yes, even that relationship, even the relationship with your parents. Even the relationship with that person at school, even your relationship with that coach, with that teacher, yes, even that dead thing can be brought back to life because God has come to be Savior to us. You see, when God becomes king, the people that were ignored are brought to the highest place. When God becomes king, the people that are sick and suffering are healed and comforted. When God becomes king, death no longer has the final word. You see, Jesus coming, he was the very incarnation of tender love and mercy to people. And he was ruthless with sin. He was ruthless with the evil spiritual powers that keep people subjugated. He was ruthless with them. At the name of Jesus, darkness trembles and has to flee. Because, you see, when Jesus came, he came to wage war on everything that was bringing death to humanity. And he said, I'm starting a new kingdom. And you are welcome to join it. The, the, the entry point to my kingdom is the salvation that I offer freely to you. Right? And so the question we're all compelled to ask tonight is how is this good news to me tonight? What is the good news that I need to hear? Why is it important and good in my life that God has become king? And how can I live in response to that? 
Maybe you need to know that there is a different, different king that you can follow. You don't have to be trapped in the, in the cultural pitfalls that so many of our friends and sometimes we fall into, right? We can be people of radical forgiveness, of radical peacemaking, of radical love in spite of being attacked and being blamed and being falsely accused, we can be people that bring peace instead of adding fuel to the flames. Maybe you need to experience the loving embrace of a savior that wants to take you from being an outsider and be an insider. You know, you don't have to do anything before coming to Jesus. That's like taking a shower so that you can take a shower. It doesn't make sense. Jesus welcomes us as we are. It's not change so that you can be loved. It's you are loved, and now you get to change. The, 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 the things that used to define your life don't have to define your life anymore. And, and I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The, 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 the entirety of the gospel is not just you're loved. The, the gospel does way better than that. God loves you so much that he's not going to let the patterns of death in your life continue to kill you but he's going to lead you his way into his kingdom so that sin will no longer have a say in your life. And when it has a say in your life, it has an effect in others' lives. And God's not okay with that. He loves you way too much to that. So he, he doesn't say change and then come to me. He says, come to me and we're going to change. And it's going to be the best thing you've ever experienced. And so here's the thing. We're going to spend the next 10 weeks... 10 weeks going through the gospel of Luke. Why are we doing this? It's so that we can take a good look at who Jesus is. That we can take a good look at the kind of king he is. We can take a good look at the kind of savior that he is. Some of us are here are followers of Jesus, and some of us here are not so sure. And I just want to say, I'm so glad you're here. I hope you feel welcome here. But if you aren't so sure about Christianity, I just have to say, you owe it to yourself to be intellectually credible, to discover what the big deal is. Because this, this Christian faith has only grown throughout history. And so either worldwide people are really stupid, or worldwide people have encountered a real God. I'll let you do the statistics, right, on which is more likely. And so you owe it to yourself to find the truth about this person named Jesus. And the good news is that we have an orderly account of the life and works of Jesus by which we can come to know who he is. And so for the moment, can I ask you to put aside your experience of church, put aside your experience of organized religion, put aside your experience of rules, and let's look at Jesus, right? Let's look at the story of the God who became king of the God who became Savior. Let's take a look at his kingdom, his reign, his way of living. And let's decide if that's a king that you could follow. And, and the, the, one of the ways that we're going to do this, we're going to be teaching on it uh, for the next several weeks. But I'll be honest, if, you, if the only time you read or hear scripture is when we talk about it on Wednesday night, that's like eating once a week. You might be enough to survive, it's not enough to thrive, right? And, and, and don't get me wrong, we'll, we'll, we'll give you some good meat. You know, like, we'll, we'll give you a meal, but you need daily bread. You need fresh bread. You, you, you need daily 
experience of God. And so one way that we want to help you to do that is we've made a reading plan going through Luke. Do you guys, are we going to pass it out? Or Jake and Heather are going to pass these out. And what it is, is it starts tomorrow, and it's just a few verses every day. It's never even a full chapter in a day. Let me tell you, it's really easy to do the amount of reading that we have assigned every day. You can, you, if you don't have a paper Bible, please come talk to us. We would love to give you one. But also you can download the YouVersion Bible app for, for free on your phone. Uh, and you can do the reading on there. CA students, uh, we're passing out the papers. Please stay focused just a few more minutes. Here, here's, what I, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Get to know Jesus. Do, do this reading every single day. And then come on Wednesday with questions. Come on Wednesday being like, hey, you're not going to believe. Well, maybe you did because you did the reading too. But you're not going to believe what I saw about Jesus this week. C- come on Wednesday excited to talk about this God who became king. Be- why? Because it's good news. He didn't just come to reign. He also came to save, right? Aiden, you can join me up here. This kind of gospel, this kind of good news, it doesn't just make you happy. It has the power to make you hopeful because it promises that good is coming in the future. The future is changing, and it's changing in a good way. So this semester, come with us through Luke, and let's see who Jesus is. Let's see who this God is. Aiden is going to uh, lead us in worship. We're handing you this full paper, full-blown reading list. Also, every week, the handouts that we give you will have that week's reading. uh, Just so, and we'll probably post it on the socials uh, so so that you guys can have access to it too. Here's the thing, CA students, I can't tell you what to do, but I can beg you, please, daily, read just a little bit about Jesus. Please, please, please. And, and, and take note of kind of where, where you are at the beginning and, and at the end, just like, wow, you're going to be amazed at how you've been encountered by the real God of the universe that wants to save you and wants to loving you, lovingly lead you to the best life you could have ever imagined.